Okay, we're in. Hello and welcome to the Nerds Who Haunt Themselves podcast. Uh, I'm Stuart Moraine and I am joined as always by... Oh, me, Andy Hanks. Uh, ben Bond from Rabban. And returning from his due south expedition to Canada where he crashed in the wilderness, briefly went blind and his Chicago <coughs> detective partner brought him back to the mainstay. John Locke is back. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think. How, how was the due south convention? Uh, it was amazing. Um, Did you meet Paul Horace? Uh, sadly, no. Oh. It was a bit hard to get through the throng of screaming uh, bearded lumberjacks. But this, um, this is the problem. Uh, it was otherwise. There goes all our Canadian listeners. Very, very enjoyable. Who listens to this shit, eh? And oot. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it was amazing. Like, I mean, what can I say? It's, Canada is an incredible, incredible country. I, I lived there for a year. It was nice to go back. It was cool. uh, cracking. Yeah. Well, we're glad to have you back. Because we had Andrew Stevens in a few last time, and he's since dissed Dean Kane, so he's now forever out and dead to us. Uh, we should send him to Canada, really, shall we? Should do. See if I'd known, I'd have tweeting sound effects ready. Crickets. <laughs> <laughs> it's not something that comes across on like the podcast, but I imagine Andy kind of wearing my shirt, kind of like being oh, like, we, we dressed him like <laughs> dead man's shoes. <laughs> we, we had acceptance issues, so we pretty much made him as much like you as we possibly could. In fact, he was actually better than you. Yeah, no, I had... His issue of battle, I think, is going to be amazing. Wait till you see Volume 4. God. Yeah, that's going to be... Um, that's the millstone around my neck now, isn't it? The, uh, the, the long-awaited Volume 4. It's my wonder voice. But, uh... uh yeah, no, I, I, you, I, you guys seem to have a worryingly good time around me. I'm feeling, uh, feeling insecure. We were thinking about you all the time. Yeah. We were crying on the way for it. Yeah, you were smiling at Andy, but thinking about me. Yeah. Really we never did anything on the mouth. <laughs> What? <laughs> it's not cheating if you don't do stuff on the mouth. Apparently. <laughs> no, you carry on. I, 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 I missed this. Yeah. You can do stuff on the mouth. Yeah, <laughs> John says it's funny. yeah no, anything goes. We've got a whole mouth. <laughs> Check, please. <laughs> we'll, okay. cut, we'll cut that bit out. So. Yeah, please leave this in the final edit. <laughs> we edit these things? <laughs> I, I think anybody who's listening clearly knows we do not edit these things. Anyway, um, this podcast is all about the uh, comic book movies that never were, and the comic movies we never want to see, and the comic book movies we'd like to see. Um, we want to start, obviously, by acknowledging the sad passing of Robin Williams. Um, we were all gutted by it, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, we were, uh, obviously, just before we switched the mic on, we were chatting about this a little bit, and... Um it's one of those things where it's been a bad year for losing no, yeah. noted, yeah. noted mm. figures, and it was uh, it just came out of the blue, and it was so it was so shocking. And I think um, another one which hit me quite shocked me earlier in the year was um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. yeah, and that was a weird situation where it was someone who I, I never even really followed his his career that closely, but every time I saw him in a film, I appreciated him. It was you know I, I thought he'd be doing stuff. You know, for the rest, you know, for years yeah, to come. One of those actors, Willis Hoffman, that elevated the material and elevated the cast around him. I mean, Mission Impossible 3? Oh, he's in? terrifying, yeah. 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 yeah, That film has no right to be as good as it is. And I think a large chunk of that is the fact that Willis mm. Hoffman is actually finally someone who is a great maddie. Mm. For that franchise, and it's like, I, and of course, I, I didn't, didn't mean to hijack that from Robin Williams. But the reason I bring up Philip Seymour Hoffman is like both him and Robin Williams, for all intents and purposes, seem to be in their prime. I, I think they, the thing with Robin yeah. Williams as well is that we're all of that generation where he's always been there, mm-hmm. and we just always thought he would be there. He's 
always seem quite timeless. He never seems to age. Well, you either know him for his his early comedy days, with, you know, very kind of adult stuff. You know him for his his more adult movies, like uh, uh, Good Morning Vietnam, that kind yeah. of thing. Or you know him for his kid stuff, mm-hmm. like Jumanji, Aladdin. Okay. We, we were talking about it the other day. For a man who was as fun as he was, very few of the films that spring to my mind are actual out-and-out comedies. No, true. It, it's not like he was in that 80s heyday where they were making Ghostbusters and Blues Brothers. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't make any comedies like that. I mean, he tried with like Club Paradise and that sort of thing, but they never sort of hit. It's his dramatic stuff. And I think he... <clears throat> I wrote a Facebook status thing just processing the whole thing. And I, I said that, you know, he, he had a range as a dramatic actor that most comedians fail to meet. Mm-hmm. Would love to meet. I mean, for me, I'll always think of him as in Good Will Hunting. That's yeah. that's my definitive Robin Williams. That's the film I watched, and that's the film that I was then kind of felt like I could say goodbye to him, kind of thing. If that that sounds weird, because I know, I mean, I never met him like most people. I only know him through his films. But it, his death was one of those ones that really hit me. It's um, the same as when Heath Ledger died. Yeah, I was just... genuinely gutted by that, and I, it took me a long time to sort of process it. Which is weird because it's somebody I've never met or had any personal connection with beyond the connection I've had through the films that they've been in. Well, certainly this word, certainly when <coughs> you have people in the public, you know, the public eye, mm. uh, certainly maybe an actor or an artist or something, someone you've, whose work you've followed for a long time, you do feel in a weird way like you, you know them. But of course you don't. Mm. You, you, we had, you know, we yeah. no one had any idea what was going well, on. I think as well, for a lot of people in our sort of age range, Robin Williams has kind of always been there. There were more community yeah. reruns when I was a kid. Channel oh, good grief, I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so, and then, uh, you know, Happy Days reruns even in his brief appearance in there. Yeah, because Morgan Mindy was the spin-off from Happy Days, wasn't it? Um, and then, you know, yeah, you've got Doubtfire and, and everything else, Patch Adams. And Hook, of course. Hook. Oh, yeah. 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 Hook, I forgot about Hook. And then later, you know, <coughs> as I'm getting into sort of more mature films, you get things like One Hour, one hour Photo. One Hour yeah. Photo, you know, and stuff like that. And, and Insomnia as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Awakenings as well. Was, that was fun. Yeah, that was an early Fantastic. one. That was really good as well. I think, I think, I'm not a massive fan of Mrs. Doubtfire. I've got to be honest, I enjoyed it when I was a kid, but it just didn't play to me as an adult. It doesn't play to me as an adult, but I have fun. But it is something I also want to revisit, <clears throat> which is in that weird way that you want to revisit everything once somebody's died. Well, the last thing I heard about before this sad news about Ron Williams was there was talk of a Mrs. Doubtfire sequel. Yeah. And I okay, thought yeah. it would be quite interesting. As much as I'm not sure it would, I would be the core audience, I would take my land to see it and hope that in the same way that I loathe Home Alone, sadly, yeah. but Kieran loves it. And he might have got some, the same thing out of Mrs. Doubtfire, you know, mm-hmm. at his age that I got from it when I was, you know, a kid, which was that it's just a lot of fun with a really sweet undertone about yeah. a man who desperately wants to reconnect with his family. I mean, this, this year has kind of been a gut punch. We've lost Robin Williams, we've lost Philip Seymour Hoffman, we've <coughs> lost Howard Ramis, which yeah. really gut punched me again. But in a weird way, because I kind of, not that I've forgotten about Howard Ramis, it's just, he's not done anything, he wasn't constantly in the public no. eye. Robin Williams is one of those people, if you go to his IMDb listing, you are just sat there going, that was awesome, I loved that, that was great. You know, it's that sort mm-hmm. of body of work, where you just think to yourself, yeah, he was constantly sort of <coughs> an entertainer in my life. Yeah. Uh, similar when, you know, I had a similar moment when Kathleen Kennedy was announced as being connected to Star Wars. Yeah. Looked her up and just went, there's very little on this IMDb that I don't enjoy in some way, shape, or form. And it's the same with Ron Williams. You know, you just you go down his IMDb and just think, this is all wonderful. And certainly, because, I mean, he was in his 
263. But it's a weird thing. I mean, like, you know, when a... Uh, it's like when um, uh, Christopher Lee Saruman passed away. Chris, Christopher Lee's not died. Is he not died? No, he's still alive. Good grief. That was a bad day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> really? I thought... No. No, Christopher no. Lee's still alive. Really? Christopher Columbus is dead. Oh, that's it. Yeah. The guy who's oh, not discovered about The director of Mrs. Doubtfire. No, 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 sorry. No, no. <laughs> Then <laughs> Christopher Columbus, the less famous one. Harry Potter and the uh, Chairman Seekers. You're not thinking of Bruce Lee again, are you? <laughs> <laughs> or Christopher Reeve. Christopher Reeve. <laughs> yeah, um, or maybe just Saruman. Maybe it was just the loss of Saruman at the end of uh, Lord of the Rings. I never really you, you were the only that. person who was truly devastated by the extended cut Return of the King because Saruman died. Yeah, no, it was just heartbreaking. Not the way he did in the book. Yeah. <laughs> so that's embarrassing. <laughs> um, I, I think we should move on quickly before. Yeah, um, yeah, let's, yeah, okay, please. But, um, I mean, obviously... I think Dar is tomorrow. Dar is tomorrow, yeah. <laughs> this, this is a horrible thing, because he told me that Bob Pope was dead, and I said, no, Bob Pope is still alive. We had this massive, art, you know, argument in a way that friends are bicker about things, then the next day, Bob Pope died. So, technically, we were both right, but... The thing is, okay, so, I, let's see if I can salvage that. My point being is, like... Yes, when Christopher Lee didn't die. When he didn't die. <laughs> so my point being is like... I remember that day. <laughs> Robin Williams. They didn't seem old. No. That's why it was just so surprising where you could imagine them, their careers going on for another 20, Well, no, that's what I said with Robin yeah. Williams. Apart from his hair, his face never really changed. I mean, he got slightly older, but it was never noticeable. I always, he always struck me as one of those people that's going to wake up when he's 19 he's just going to look like an old man. Yeah. No, <laughs> Some he, people's faces just don't... He should have been doing that for years. He should have been doing it for years. Yes. I think uh, for me as well, being quite an ardent gamer, discovering he was such a Zelda fan. Mm. Yeah, it's a way of naming his daughter. Mm. They're going to pay tribute to him in the next Zelda game. Well, there's been a petition and Nintendo have kind of given a kind of, well, it's too soon to say answer, which I, was a shame. I really yeah. want to see Nintendo just go, we're going to do it, you're damn right. Yeah, but, okay. We'll it's like, you know, if, if they could do it, it'd be possible. And it would be wonderful, but it, it's not beyond the realms of possibility to have a character made you. You could just have somebody in the background who has his likeness. Or, I, I don't even need a character. I just would like to, when I load it up, the, you know, you press start, screen plays the black, and it just says, dedicated to Robin Williams. Yep. You can't skip past that. And then the game begins. Oh, that's, a, that's mm. all I need. That I don't is. need a character because actually I think that would be a bit. Or if you try and skip past it, it just locks you out of the game. <laughs> Isn't there also a campaign to get a statue of him on the bench from Goodwill Hunting? I heard that would be that, quite creepy. I, heard, I think rather, yeah. than, rather than fitting. But maybe that's just me. There was a lot of um, I say graffiti, but uh, um, uh, chalk writing on it. The, a couple of hours after he died, and people just filled it up with chalk sketches and mm. nice messages and stuff. But. But yeah, and I mean, Robin Williams kind of ties into our theme as well, because we're talking about the comic movies that weren't, and obviously at one point he was tied to the role of the Joker, which the way I heard it is he was only tied to the role of the Joker as a way to get Jack Nicholson to sign on. It was a bargaining chip. They, they, yeah, they used him as a tool to um, so that Jack Nicholson would go, shit, Robin Williams is going to sign on, fine, I'll sign on, and I will take this stupid high pay deal. Which I think is then why when they went to him with the Riddler... Which I've heard two conflicting things in that he was cast as a Riddler when it was going to be Michael Keaton in Batman Forever and then when they went with Val Kilmer they changed all the cast to younger people. So ditched him in favour of Jim Carrey. But I've also heard that they went to him and because he'd been screwed over with the Joker he pretty much told him to fuck off. Mm. So I don't know which one is true with that. If either 
or if it was just a case of his name was put in the hat, but nothing ever went from it beyond there. But it's weird the speculation you get around any project nowadays, and, and certainly now with the internet, it's even harder to distinguish between what might have a, a, a glimmer of truth to yeah. it, or what might just be speculation. But you get those, particularly you get the ones where, say, like, um, uh, you know, they did the, you know, new Batman movies announced or yeah. something, and immediately it's. Um, Oh, who, uh, who was Dread in the new movie? Uh, Carl Urban. And it's like, and everyone's saying, like, oh, you know, Carl Urban's going to be the new Batman. And it seems to be solely on the basis that he's just played a gruff character. Yeah. And you can you can see the thought process, and it's kind of like, maybe if you're Carl Urban, that's the last thing you want to do, yeah. is go and immediately do another. I mean, I read a thing, because when they were... Empire did a thing dedicated to Christopher Nolan before Dino Rises, and I think... Robin Williams had been pitching hard to be um, Hugo Strange oh. in that film if they were going to use that character. But he'd also said that he wasn't sure about whether he'd want to do it because he'd been burned twice before by Batman. Because mm. he was a massive comic book fan. I never realised. Apparently Robin Williams was a massive comic book fan as well. But, okay. yeah, it's I mean, I, it, it's difficult post-Nicholson to try and work out what a Robin Williams Joker would have been like. It's strange. <laughs> like, he probably... I don't know, it's a weird one, because I'm... Because especially yeah. without the knowledge that one-hour photo and insomnia are out there and the things he did on Law and Order SVU, mm-hmm. where he was a very creepy bad guy. But this is before those things are out there, so to try and imagine him as the Joker... I think he, I think he would have done it. I think he would have been very good, but... Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because like, a lot of the success of that original movie could be pinned on the fact that Jack Nicholson... Yeah, I think a lot of it is yeah, and Because everybody hated Michael Keaton before they saw him. So. But surely the whole Jack Nicholson thing must have stemmed from, say, like... You know, his his you know his crazy youth. Like, when he was... Like, in his early days, I think, like, yeah. One Flew Over Cuckoo's Nest, uh, you know, The Shining and stuff, he had that real terrifying kind yeah. of like mania to him. It was an intensity, isn't yeah. it? It was the main intensity of that. He just looked like a psycho. Yeah. And then like his later career has been characterised by kind of maybe some, I don't know, I, I hate to say he's coasting, but maybe like a little, he's a, he's a bit more, he's not quite as intense anymore. Well, was why I was always surprised that, was it Wolf? Was it? Yeah. Was not so great. Cause it was such a dull film, wasn't it? Yeah, he needed the same intensity you think would be perfect for Jack Nixon playing Wolf. It's one of those Elevator pictures where he's sold, yeah, and then you, see you don't him, need uh, any makeup. Uh, yeah. That is it. It's, you pretty much step on the lift. You go, Jack Nicholson as a werewolf, sold. Is the money off you go? But I mean, the whole Robin Williams, Michael Keaton, Batman Forever is an interesting thing, anyway. As the Batman movie, we never got to see because I mean that was hev- that was pretty heavily cast before Michael Keaton stepped away because they cast Rene Russo in the Nicole Kidman role they cast Marlon Wayans as Robin oh god yeah now would this have been Schumacher still or was this going to be I honestly don't know whether it was uh, I think it was Schumacher because it was the creative differences between Michael Keaton and Schumacher that made Michael Keaton walk because Warner Brothers had decided they didn't want Tim Burton back after Batman Returns the wrong person left Warner Brothers <laughs> But um, I, I, it, it just yeah. was really interesting because I'm assuming that at that point Billy D. Williams was still in line to play Two Face because his contract because they had to buy him out of his contract to be able to cast Tommy Lee Jones. So I don't know whether they bought him out initially. Joel Schumacher instantly bought him out or got them to buy him out of his contract, or because I know that Billy D. Williams only signed on to play Harvey Dent in Batman so that he could one day play Two Face. That was another 
I mean, bringing uh, Jack Nicholson in, that was another... What am I saying? I can't remember. Tommy Lee Jones. Bringing Tommy Lee Jones in was another attempt. It was like trying to get lightning to strike twice, wasn't it? It was saying, like, yeah. he's, he's another yeah. venerable actor mm. like Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Like, just kind of slow they were essentially... You get the feeling that all the direction Tommy Lee Jones got was be a bit like Jack in the first one. I can. I, I'm not a massive fan of the original Batman's. I guess. I, I yeah. <laughs> Stuart just slapped me upside the head with a around. Bring but, back um, Andrew. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just. I, I mean, obviously, I wasn't old enough at the time to go see him. I saw him later, prior prior to the Nolan ones. So it wasn't as if I was comparing everything. I missed the first one at the cinema. I saw Returns Onwards at the cinema. I want tickets to see Batman Forever. At the Gloucester cinema. Oh. Exotic as it was. <laughs> it was a competition like who can spend the most nights on a Pretty much it was a competition for local paper. Dressed as Batman. Is that me? But yeah, like, I was never a massive fan of them, so looking back, I can certainly imagine... Um, Does that mean you missed the summer of Bat? No, yeah. Like, people had to shake people, bats and yeah. into the side of head. We talked about this before. Batman daps and... Yeah. I can just imagine Robin Williams elevating any of that. Material to be watching honest. kids trying to remember how to do the back dance on the playground, and you're just thinking, even at this <laughs> age, that's too far. <laughs> I guess why this weird thing as a kid, where even when you know, I was born mid 80s and kind of coming out of the 80s, even when you're that young, you kind of knew the 80s was pretty poor. Like, <laughs> how dare you, sir? The I 80s never, gave us Magnum PI. Wonderful <laughs> things come out of the 80s, you know. I, I like a good rainbow album. Since the matter, what is that what you're in the flying shirt? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, it's why my second child's middle name is Thomas. The viewers don't need shades, only us. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck See, you all. Being born 1980, I, I feel like, you know, I can put the definitive word is the 80s was fine because it was no longer beige and brown. My overriding memory of watching anything left from the 70s was it being this hideous beige and brown. God, God damn it, Elkin. You, you pick it up and go, why, why does this look hideous? Turn it over. Made in 1973. Oh, okay. <laughs> you like uh, you like some uh, profit from an earlier time, and as as yeah. wearing curtains with orange circles, oh, no. bits in the middle. Oh, God, no. <laughs> and then towards the end of the 90s, suddenly somebody's were back. It was all flares and browns and yellows again. I Tan leather seats, but it was called a retro. Oh my God, I it was horrible. It was the 90s was horrible as well for fashion. To be fair, if you look at it now, day glow orange and day glow green t-shirts. Show the insects. And those t-shirts where when you sweated, it changed the yeah, color. Global hyper color. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who wants to just have colored? <laughs> really? That was a thing. Yeah, that was a thing. You sweat. Yeah. Basically, you used to change a completely different color when you were hot and sweaty. So that sort of you know. So the the yeah, so yeah. Yeah. So we showed them off. We go look, blow on the t-shirt. See, it's different colour. You're going, yeah, but I think that just worked out what that leads to. Just, <laughs> just lots of fat guys with sweat here and then sweat under the man boobs. <laughs> and just a little sweat in the crease of the oh, just with green patches and stuff. <laughs> I have this on It's like the pool's where you're peeing them and it turns purple. But I very deliberately held off my significant weight gain until after the night. Where's the thing? Like, I have this That's where everybody got fat in the noughties. Are we... This is my free! I'm going to do whatever I want and do no exercise because... No more, no more. I'm going to do shit. Here's the thing, like, is culture evolving? Like, like, no, no, no. My point is, like, we look back at the 90s and we say, oh, that was ridiculous. Like, in 10 years' time, are we going to look back at, like, what are we now, the teens or whatever, and say, like, oh God, that was ridiculous? Have you not worked out what they're going to see in 10 years' time? They're going to look back at this time and see twerking. <laughs> and, well, that's oh, pretty much it, isn't it? Just a classes. Well, can you imagine, like, I love, I love the 2010s and, like, uh, when we're, we're, we're sitting in our. 
Now care yeah. home. It's going to be twerking, it's going to be Bieber. And loom bands. And lo- oh. oh, what? <laughs> What about, um, what's his name? I said I a loom bands thing, my wife bought a thing of loom bands. And they got so did my wife. Oh, Robin Thicke. And made me a loom band. And she was like, are you going to wear it? And I was like, yeah, I guess I got to, you made it. I put it on, she laughed at me, and I was like, well, fuck it. That was my <laughs> <thing."> <laughs> Thank you! I don't have to wear this if you're going to laugh at me. If my kids had made it, I would have been gutted, because I'd have to wear it if my kids made me a loom band bracelet. Are you listening, kids? That's what they Because Daddy says rude words like fuck. <laughs> That's the case you've never been able to listen to this. <laughs> well, Loom Vance just feels like that moment in, in, of all things, Friends, where Joey has come to some money and buys Chandler a... Of the like, poster. Like, you know what that's going to do for your sex life? But he just very quickly responds, well, it'll slow me down at first. But it's going to be extra weight. I'll be back on top. And so then he the the brothers. That's what they'll call us. <laughs> <clears throat> but, um... So yeah, I I always quite like the idea of these DC animated movies. Somebody taking the Tim Burton script for Batman Forever and turning it into an animated movie. Nice. I think that'd be quite cool. <laughs> kind of doing that and then following up with you know the the Burton Superman finding yeah. Nicolas Cage in to voice it and see what the because there's a documentary coming as well. <laughs> there is, which, which is my next thing is the Nick Cage Tim Burton Kevin Smith. I've got to stop doing this. Zoom People, I don't read Stuart's notes. <laughs> notes off. There's just a thing here. Do it, do it We're essentially <laughs> the same person. <laughs> One day Ben will come into work and find me behind the counter. And I feel like I've got a picture on. of Dorian Gray. I'm just <laughs> studying ageing and getting fatter while you're out there. Just, yeah. You see, by contrast, I can see all of Stuart's notes. So I can't think of anything. Yeah, yeah, basically. basically. Watch, watch the film The Man Who Haunted Himself. This is what I'm doing to Ben, basically. <laughs> basically, Stuart doesn't exist. Basically, this is Fight Club. Basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's actually dressed like Tyler. Isn't I he? am Tyler Durden. All right, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody yeah. sleeping with Helen Bonham Carter tonight. <laughs> Tim Burton. Hang on. She was in Gloucester, apparently. <laughs> My sequel is a comic book. I'm back in. <laughs> <laughs> and Andy is Bob. <laughs> I've got bitch tits. <laughs> <laughs> he said it, not us. <laughs> Should we thank the gods? I'm out again. <laughs> So should we thank the gods that because Nicolas Cage wasn't Superman, he eventually got to be Ghost Rider? Because <laughs> I'm eternally grateful. Have you seen Ghost Rider too? I don't mind the first Ghost Rider. I'm not a fan of the Ghost Rider comics, so I got, had nothing invested in it. I quite enjoyed it for what it was. Ghost Rider Two is awful, awful. Okay, surely like the just awful. Yeah, no, the first one's not great. I mean, that's no, the first one isn't great, but it's it's a fine, mindless Sunday evening but, movie. But he's just like, he's just Nicolas Cage though, isn't he? He just, he just turns up and it's like, oh, Nicolas Cage really wants to be a superhero. Like, he's always wanted to be a superhero. I'm torn with Nicolas Cage because I was intrigued by the idea of him as Superman but I just can't see how it would have worked. Mm-hmm. I would want to know what they saw in him as Superman. That maybe they just assumed that in the, that film version of, of the Superman mythos, all the Kryptonians have this terrible drool. You know? Or is it because in Con Air he's got the long hair at the time in the comics Superman had the long hair? Oh, yeah. How did he burn? How did he burn? This picture? This picture? Casting guy going, so, fuck, we need to find someone who can wear a mullet and it doesn't look like a joke. Well, Nicolas Cage, it still looks like a joke, but close no, enough! I like to think it was longer than that. I like to think somebody's like, where, where should I put this bunny? And he's just like, put it back in the box. <laughs> 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 that flash of genius. <laughs> put 
the baby back in the rocket. He's saving that one. Why would you put the back in the box? It could be just like, might be some butterfly effect. Like, maybe we should just be thankful that, you know, every road. It would have been interesting. Wicked Man remake. What? Andrew, please come back. I'm just a bit sick of remembering. I went to the cinema to watch that, you fucker. Oh, don't really? Don't hit me. I'm curious. Because, you know, it was near the boot. And I like near the boot. And I was like, what could... And, you know, I had a cinema card, so it wasn't like I was paying. We all paid. But on the plus side, I get that episode of How Did This Get Made, so... I can listen to that and go, yeah, it How was. did it burn? How did it burn? <laughs> Have you seen the, um... <laughs> Please. Not once did he do his little thing with his hands. Though. Have you seen the um, uh, was it the the uh, Wicker Man trailer recut as a jaunty summer comedy? Yes. <laughs> so good. It's That's the Wicker Man movie I wanted to see. Nicholas Cage meets the Wicker Man. <laughs> <laughs> and they're playing Walking on Sunshine. <laughs> but um, wow. yeah, no, you've yeah. got the Superman Lives documentary coming out, which I'm I'm actually really curious to see. The, the only thing is the Kevin Smith stuff. He's talked about it everywhere. This is the thing, and I, I feel like in a way I don't want anything to rob from how good that anecdote is. You know, just the whole on the evening yeah. with Kevin Smith. TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The wild culminating in the wild wild west. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Giant fucking mechanical spider. <laughs> but it'd be interesting to see because. Would we have not then had Superman Returns and then Man of Steel? Would Nicolas Cage have saved me from Man of Steel? You can't pin all of your hopes on Nicolas Cage. I can pin all I like on Nicolas Cage. (laughs) He was in the rock, God damn it. Can you imagine Nicolas Cage heading not just a Superman movie, but a Superman franchise? Imagine a trilogy of Nicolas Cage Superman movies. What would we have seen? When we did the short film festival I've seen my lunch. As a little side thing, (laughs) we did a table read of the script. Right. We got a local acting group to we got a local acting group together to, I mean they edited down the script and then did like a table read of it so I've got a copy of the script on my computer and it's it, the Kevin Smith version Not I don't know what came after that's the one with obviously Tim Burton Sacton that's the one where the anecdote the much repeated Kevin Smith anecdote was the producer wanted Sean Penn to play yeah. Superman Spigoli yeah because he's got eyes like a caged tiger he's in yeah he's like he's, a fucking killer <laughs> dude it's Superman have you ever read a Superman <laughs> it gives a worrying insight into the behind the scenes process it, it explains like, Man of Steel it gives a horrifying insight into the mind of that one producer yeah that John Peters yeah well has anyone if anyone's ever seen the main event I have not I which, which is also referenced in the Kevin Smith anecdote it's, it's the, the Barbara Streisand Bopkin movie. Didn't wasn't Kevin Smith saying that the guy had managed to preserve the, the gates from Wayne Manor? Like he's had his mansion done up to look a bit like the, well, the he, person. He, was, he said he was Wayne optimistic because he's driving up in the, in, the, in the taxi and he's it this like guy to Wayne, Manor. Wayne Manor. Like he, you know, this must be good. I think the point where a film producer lies on a couch and brings his hands up in front of him to to create the movie screen. I, I think the point where anybody time. producing a Superman film has to ask who Kal El is. Oh, slow down. Yeah, <laughs> sure is that. You should set up red lights. But I mean, it, it was an interesting idea. Nicol- I, like I said, I'd love to know what they saw in Nicolas Cage. There, it was more that he was probably he was he was a hot was a hot he, he ticket was, at the time. He, the time. he, he, he had the mullet. Yeah, he was so hot right now. 
Rock and Roll's dead. Achy, breaky heart. Unless they were just going to Superman version of leaving Las Vegas. Yeah. It's it just be. Superman drinking kryptonite. Yeah. Over the course of a month to kill himself whilst Elizabeth Shue sexes him up. I think we can all agree that the best Nicolas Cage superhero performance was Big Daddy in uh, Kick-Ass. Mainly because he's channeling his Adam West. This yeah. is the thing yeah. for me about Nicolas Cage is the two movies I like Nicolas Cage best in. He's trying to be another actor mm. playing a role. So in Kick-Ass he's channeling Adam West as Batman to play Big Daddy. And then the other film I quite like Nicolas Cage in his face-off where he spends the whole movie trying to be John Travolta while John Travolta does a better impression of Nicolas Cage than Nicolas Cage can do himself. I, I love um, face-off for the awful stunt doubles. But essentially one of them might as well have been a black guy. They tried so... They put so little effort into finding people that look like... The Nicolas Cage one's got long flowing hair despite the fact that Nicolas Cage has got very short hair. I love the fact that Act 3 basically is the point where John Woo goes, oh crap, I haven't used all my motifs, hang on. Guns, sideways guns, done. I'm out. Second you can write this next John Woo's like, shit, sideways guns, guns. We'll fix our asking folks. Mission Hobble 2, here I come. Oh, yeah. Um, Suddenly seeing it. Because there was that, they were trying to get a Superman movie made for a long time because there was always the Christopher Reeve Superman 5. Then when Lois and Clark started, there was the whole thing of will it be Christopher Reeve? Will it be Dean Kane? And it was like it'll be like a Doctor Who thing where Christopher Reeve regenerates into Dean Kane. And there was all these bullshit. You've paying attention. Now's the point where you diss Dean Kane, praise Man of Steel, just leave. Drop the mic, and you're out. You're out. That's right. The balloons are just catching my I will burn this shop down. The new adventures of Lois and Clark held a special place in my heart as a kid like you don't it just seemed it's because it, that was at the height of when it was they would never have crossed it over into a movie I just want to lean into the microphone now and be like hold on to your hat guys four hours of bromance bonding <laughs> over <laughs> and new adventures of Lois and Carl and John yeah, Shea John Shea John Shea was an amazing Lex Luthor and um, Lane Smith was probably my favourite Perry White he was the best Perry White fuck you Lawrence Fishburne in your fucking earring <laughs> It's fine, it's fine, it's not Lawrence's fault. Um, also, it's incredible. For tonight's nightmare, try not to picture Lawrence Fishburne in a global hypercolour t shirt. <gasps> <laughs> Sweating into the supermarket. Trying to deal with this Pulitzer Prize winning uh, journalist. <laughs> we know she won a Pulitzer Prize because she told us five times. A- another interesting casting for a film we never saw is Tom Cruise's Iron Man. I was just going to bring that up again. This, this is, is weird. This is what kind of year? Wait, what, what year? This was, was only it? a few years. It's a couple of way behind. Down junior year. How many lights? There are four lights. <laughs> no, it's um, a few years before RDJ. They were they were sort of talking about Tom Cruise. So they what, wanted something. Which again, most, let's just get a bit of can we just get a bit of context here because Iron Man was two thousand six. And then we're going back, so we're talking like 2002, 2007, Iron Man. Mm. No, 2008. No, you're right. Was, you're was quite right, I was in Canada. The year the shop opened. Yeah, I was, last thing I saw. Was a good year. Um, but okay, so, what, so we're talking maybe 2005 for talking about... It was there about when they were starting yeah. to get the Marvel... No, it's came that Marvel had done this crazy thing of borrow loads of money. Yeah. Then somehow, uh, at some point, uh, Tom Cruise's name was... was I think um, it might have been pre-that. I think it might have been before the rights reverted back to Marvel. Uh, I've got a it? feeling... Uh, I might be wrong, but this is, this is 10 years ago now. So what was Tom Cruise like? Was he toxic? Was he the big, was he a big <coughs> name? I think he's taken a few Tom Cruise has always been a big name, mm. despite the knocks. Yeah. I mean, I personally really like Tom Cruise. 
as like, an actor, I no, really like, enjoy Tom Cruise like, films. Like, as, you know, as an as a man, man, he seems incredibly... Like, you see him interviewed and that, he always comes across incredibly... No, well. like, as, as <laughs> a lead... Bouncing up and down on a sofa. Yeah, all right, there was that one blip. No, but I mean, like, if you listen to the Nerdist podcast that he's on, he comes across incredibly genuine and... I have to say, the most recent thing I saw him in as, as Tom Cruise rather than as a role was that Graham Norton clip that's been doing the rounds where Seth MacFarlane's doing his impression of Kermit doing the speech from Taken. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and I can't do a Tony impression, but it's the I have you know no money. Yeah, <laughs> I will never find you. <laughs> I, I will find you. I <laughs> See, I want to take that and put it in a Liam Neeson romantic it's, it's comedy. The fact that um, there's Tommy Cruise. Know, Tommy, she is, is it Emily Blunt? The film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're kind of doing bad impressions of each other and cracking up laughing, and then Tom Cruise revealing he can do like a, a, a Daffy Duck. No, Donald Duck. Yeah, Donald Duck. Donald Duck. Yes. Yeah. Terrifying because it's you know when you see friends that are convinced they can do bad Donald Ducks and there's Tom Cruise doing that anyway, massive digression but he seemed more down to earth than he's seen for a while with all the crazy Scientology stuff but I have to say Iron Man all right the suit can add height <laughs> but at the same time when someone suggested to me Tom Cruise's Iron Man I just have visions of a little step ladder and he climbs into the helmet. <laughs> 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 Taking out to Transformers with well, Headmaster. There's a cheap shot. What the unit, the unit six from Ultimates yeah. Two or whatever, which is just a, a spaceship, basically. <laughs> well, it's just like like Men in Black. Do you remember the Men in Black thing when it's <laughs> <in> the <laughs> That's what I imagined Iron Man to be. It's just Tom Cruise. You like, can yeah, just imagine, as, as you said, like Transformers Headmasters. You're aware that it'll potentially become a time where we're so popular with this podcast that <laughs> Tom Cruise like Tom Cruise wants to come on your podcast, isn't he? He's just going to listen to some old episodes. <laughs> <laughs> no, Imagine, no ACDC just highway to the danger zone. You just kind of <laughs> see it up. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Rodi and Rodi and Tom, uh, Tony Stark. Oh, uh, Goose. Oh, yeah. Talk to me, <laughs> where, where talk to me, well, maybe Rodi puts on the suit and then kind of flies and then it's on the ceiling and just breaks his neck and then just kind of dies. Edwards as Rodi, that would have been brilliant. <laughs> would, would, would Tom Cruise have had a goatee, though? Can you imagine Tom Cruise with a goatee? Or would he just know, be a clean shave in Tony Stark? Tony, Tony Stark had a mustache, Yeah, he had a very pencil <coughs> in the comics originally. Like, really. Because mm. he was based on he was at, Howard, 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 Howard Hughes. That's yeah, it. yeah. Originally, like kind of sixties Playboy. Mm. I'm trying to think, like around the nineties, wasn't it? It was, it was, was that the weird Errol Flynn, I think, Stanley mm. once name checked. Yeah, mm. so. yeah. Wasn't it that he was the brilliant inventor that was Howard Hughes, but the Playboy that was Errol Flynn? Because mm. Hughes and Flynn were friends, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. But I'm trying to think of a period. Well, I think in the nineties, Tony Stark may have looked a bit. I mean, he was younger for a bit. But that's a, you're you're really hung up on Tony Stark's facial hair. Aren't no, you? I'm just, I'm, 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 you know, I've got, I've got Tom Cruise there. I've got this is why no movies ever got greenlit when you were a producer. I've got my Sharpie. Doesn't want to go. Doesn't want to go. This is how. This is John's casting process. He broke the edge of that and doodled a different facial hair on them. Even the women. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I draw a goatee on everyone. I'll only hire whoever it suits. <laughs> That's the only reason you speak to us has become already installed facial hair. A fine, a fine selection of, of, of facial hair. Well, by, by, well on this table, by John's logic, Dante from Clerks would get every role going. <laughs> if I had my way. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, it's difficult now in this post-Robert Downey Jr. era to imagine anybody as Iron Man. 
well, alone retrospectively trying to work out what Tom Cruise would have been. Well, again, you can perhaps see a bit of the logic in the in the thinking, though, because uh, Robert Downey Jr., I think we can all agree, was, was perfect in the role, because he yes. is Tony Stark. Like, he's, well, he's, he's had the, he's such a gamble at the time. He's had the substance abuse. He's, yeah. But, like, um, well, yeah, I don't think going, anybody heard Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man was like, that's a brilliant idea. I don't even think Marvel thought it was a brilliant idea. But just going, from what John Favreau said, they were kind of like, yeah, that, that's, 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 a, that's a nice job. Let's look at these actors. But again, this goes back to what I was saying earlier about like there's a certain very primitive logic in casting, and it's like who's got facial hair? Because Johnny, because like um, there's that scene in The Ultimates where Mark Miller essentially writes a scene where all the characters cast themselves in movies, mm. and they're like, "Well, who would play Tony Stark in a movie?" And they go, "Oh, Johnny Depp," and and because I I would imagine because on the grounds that he's he has facial hair, he has had a goatee on occasion. And I'm not going to rank for a Stephen Strange. Well, yeah, I think so. It's basically which. Have they moved on from Johnny Depp now? Though? Yeah, it's Joaquin Phoenix yeah. is your favourite at the moment. Although there is that whole. Um, Fuck the guy's name, but the guy from Full Metal Jacket and Memphis Bell. He was in Dark Knight Rises. No. He was in Dark Knight Rises. Bollocks, what's his name? You're a Memphis Bell fan. I've never seen a Save by the Bell. Screech from Save by the Bell. As Doctor Strange. <laughs> Matthew Modine. There's the whole Twitter thing at the moment where they're trying to get Matthew Modine to ask us. No. Oh, he's in, in Memphis Bell. He's in Memphis Bell. <laughs> Fuck you. He's the, he's, a, in he's the cop in Dark Knight Rises. The one that isn't Joseph Gordon Lovett or Commissioner Gordon. Oh, the one who um, was in Full Metal Jacket. He dresses up to die, and he might have been in Memphis Spell. Mm. Yeah, the one who dresses up to die. Yeah, he doesn't even get an on-screen death. We just see him afterwards, led on the floor. That's interesting because Dark Knight Rises was lazy. But again, like you talk about, like uh, Benedict Cumberpatch, because ben- Benedict Cumberbund or whatever he's called was attached to everything. You know, like he's hot at the moment, isn't it? You get it, like he's you know, it's, it's, like, it's like him and Tom Hiddleston's name. Every time I hear someone, you know. Sort of mentioned Benedict Cumberbatch. After a while, my brain managed to evolve it into Eddie Izzard saying Engelbert Humphrey. Humphrey Bendy back. I had this whole moment of doubt. It's like I'm halfway through his incredibly long surname and I don't know how to finish. Like I have no. Let's say the guy who photobombed you two at the Oscars. Benedict Cumberbatch? Ron <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I see your point um, as to how casting goes. It's, everybody does the same. Wizard used to do it as well when mm. they do their dream casting. Ah, oh, Wizard. <laughs> I Who could play Green Lantern? The latest, the latest. George Eads from CSI. Because he's got a southern drawl. <laughs> and he's on telly as I'm writing this. The latest rumour I heard was they are supposedly although this doesn't mean anything they scrapped the, an early script and moved on for a rewrite oh. of which of Strange Doctor Strange uh, it wouldn't surprise me skipping be beyond apparently it was yeah, it started group. filming hasn't it so yeah, yeah. Script, scripts generally change when, once they point the director don't they but so they're doing, yeah. doing away with it was originally going to be like the origin story but they're thinking of maybe just diving straight into it like having him I'm not sure about that. I'm so sick of origin stories oh, <laughs> I have to say as well actually you know, Straczynski's Strange graphic novel is such a fantastic retelling of the origin you almost kind of say, want to say to people, do you know what? Can we just, in the same way that the Incredible Hulk movie showcased some of the, you know, the new version of the origin that they come up mm-hmm. with for Hulk in almost like flashbacks? Do you know what I mean? Like the intro yeah, yeah. was, here's the origin, and now we'll hit the ground running. Because we'll they basically that. took that as Ang Lee's Hulk is out there. 
we'll pretty much reference that in the opening thing, but tweak it to our own. Yeah, we've, we've changed enough. If, of if it. you want to see the origin, watch Ang Lee's Hulk. But well, it's, it's not. It's, it's, it's different enough because there's this. none of this ridiculous. My father's the absorbing man by way of a starfish, um, and all the other bollocks that came with with Ang Lee's film. It's, you've instead got the strike of that film so much. It makes me Ang Lee. <laughs> I can't take any credit for that joke that's been going around for years so much more than the film but, but like, you know you've got the whole thing of him being you know you see the um, Dr. Erskine super soldier serum which is mm, yeah. blue because Captain America is blue you know <laughs> but it's, it's shortcut it's visual it's really fab and I'd be happy with that Doctor Strange just see if, you know mm. take the key panel one of the key panels from Straczynski's retelling of the classic strange story because he's done it in a slightly more cinematic way anyway, with the way he is a, you know, multi-talented uh, screenwriter. I just do that. I just mm. quickly have some flashbacks well, and honest, things. I, and I say the thing as well is that Stephen Strange has already been established within the Marvel Cinematic Universe because he's name-checked mm. him. Well, which means S.H.I.E.L.D. is already aware of him, therefore he must already have a presence that put him on S.H.I.E.L.D.'s radar. I can, I can almost kind of picture, I'd like to see... Now all I can think of is Mr. Brownstone playing. Every time someone mentions Stephen Strange as a presence, it's not like that. You think of his house, think of Mr. Brownstone by Guns N' Roses. My please, for the love of God, tell me the first time someone says, you know, we're going to visit Dr. Strange's Brownstone, they play that in. It's the same way that Iron Man was in the trailer. Yep. But so on the nose, you know, wait, this isn't even about this character. It just happens to say Iron Man in the lyrics. Fuck it, close enough. Well, things like, I've always liked Doctor Strange. I maybe not in recent years less, but do you know, like in the nineties, he had like a he got this new costume. So it's basically he would wear like just a really long, like flouncy white shirt, but then like a really cool like coat jacket over the top. Mm. So he, he went from having like the big puffy sleeves and the kind of black tights from the sixties to wearing to being like a kind of nineties kind of urban magician kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, he had that brief phase where Bendis wrote him not being the Sorcerer Supreme anymore. He'd lost the title. Yeah. And he muted to a sort of more sort of black jumpsuit kind of character. He didn't have the cloak and he didn't, you know, mm. have the, the eye. Because this when David Blaine was popular. <laughs> no, that was that was much more recent, wasn't it? Yeah. Like... But I know what I'm talking about. So yeah. I mean, it, I, he just could be a really interesting, very grounded character. Oh, what a great... But I really want to see them preserve the former surgeon with the destroyed hands. Mm. Seeks out. I, I can almost I can almost picture in my head like cold opening, uh, doing not quite an exorcism, but maybe like a house call, like as he sometimes calls it, and very mundane, very like New York, like real life. He's gonna start doing that in a minute, isn't he? But that, yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. moving my head. Very visual medium, the podcast. And uh, <laughs> who the fuck is Stephen Strange? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then and then you know have it escalate into something crazy, like he's. It's uh, the dread dimension or something. Is the mindless ones are manifesting in some basement and have like a very just neat wrap it up in a bow. Tell the viewer everything they need in that opening. Boom! Titles Doctor Strange and then I kind of think if your film's strong enough, people are going to go and look at the backstory anyway. Mm-hmm. It's the same with the Marvel movies when things pop up at the end in the pre credits thing. Because I'm not a massive Marvel fan. It's like I didn't know that that was Thanos. I thought it was Thanos, but I didn't know what his name was. I'd only known him from any cartoons he might have popped up in. Keith, sorry. <laughs> I know him as Keith. Keith he doesn't Thanos. know how yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I seem to spend an awful lot on gemstones. <laughs> <laughs> and ladies' gloves. Sorry, I'm an offset. Mittens. I am always astounded that Marvel aren't doing more 
of the late approach because their way of approaching the Netflix deal is fantastic to have four yeah. separate series that then dovetail together into like a kind of six episode mini series slash sort of that, that you know a grounded version of the Avengers for those four characters mm-hmm. a team up that exists within that cinematic universe as well exactly and they've sort of done it in such a way where yes we've seen Stephen Strange's name on screen but you kind of almost want to go rather than do origin movies could we not have some of them where another character has investigated they sort of almost nestled you know almost like a Russian doll approach um, with Hawkeye appearing in mm. Thor briefly before or even do it as a Marvel one shot well, they seem to have ended those. I worry that yeah, no, after an end of S.H.I.E.L.D. means there's no... That seems to be what they've hinted at, that rather than just do them for the sake of having to do them, because they're doing enough other content, they're going to save the time and resources. I don't know, I still yeah. love the one-shots. I know a lot of the one-shots were S.H.I.E.L.D.-centric anyway, so... I adore the one-shots. I, I was... Same as you, I was gutted they're gone, but at the same time, sort of taken on board well. I'm really excited by the Agent Carter series, just as a quick yeah. additional sidebar, because of course they're, they're saying that the guy that directed the Agent Carter one-shot is coming back to the pilot, and then Joe Johnston is doing a couple of them, and the Russos are doing a couple of them as well. Cool. Fair play. That's, that's the really... That is the Captain America people yeah. basically doing this, so you're taking it seriously rather than just farming out to whichever cheap mm. TV director you happen to get you know, yeah, get to where you favour that week. It will never happen, but could you could you ever imagine like uh, a kind of Tarantino esque Marvel movie, which was not a like chapters, if you will, like almost like a Max movie? Do you mean in like, terms of tone, or do you mean no, 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 no tone like that kind of approach, like that kind of chapter esque approach? Like, yeah. could you imagine a movie which was simply Marvel's like, well, here's these characters which maybe don't warrant a full movie on their own, but as an introduction thing, it's so like a Pulp Fiction type setup where we follow them for yeah, a bit and like then they slide, a chapter. we get another story, and then later on they overlap. Well, never happen, I guess but... Sin City has a similar style, yeah, yeah. Movie, and I'm yeah. getting the same from Sin City too. So yeah, maybe, yeah, but, I mean, that no, might be an cool. interesting approach. It could be like the one crime which they're all. Like it's somehow they're all preventing this threat from happening at the same time, but just going about their own lives. So I, I thought that'd be quite a good, a good, nice way to do the scenes of six, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. You know, kind of again, like somehow they're all, maybe they're all brought in together or something like that. You know. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite I'm, interested to see how that would pan out. I'm not sure about the scenes of six movie. It kind of distincts a little of everything's trying to use that Marvel pattern of doing things now. The fact that Amazing Spider-Man three has been pushed back in the world does not bode well. I would not be massively stunned if Sony reached some sort of deal with Marvel to co-produce moving forward. Like, mm. We're not going to relinquish the rights, but we don't think Amazing Spider-Man 2 did as well as we'd hoped. Maybe we don't know quite what we're doing. You do. You can have Spidey for Avengers if we can have some help. I wouldn't be stunned. It's Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, um, I'm actually staggered by how much I don't like those movies. Br- like, briefly strange the territory of comic movies that we'd quite like to see. Do you Sony, because they own Spider-Man, own Spider-Man 2099 as well? Because I would have thought that would surely be a logical way to go if you're doing the Spidey spin-offs. So you could argue that's a separate 2099 thing. Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't know whether it falls under the Spider-Man bracket. I'd fall on the side off. If it says Spider-Man in the title, they've probably got it. Considering some of the... Like, you know, we were discussing the other day that I would love to see Age of Ultron end with Ultron escaping into space and then being a villain in a later Guardians film similar to the Annihilation Conquest storyline by Abnett and Lanning, where Ultron teams up with the Phalanx. And I yeah. went, wait, do they still have the Phalanx, or is that part of the package they've given to, given to Fox for the X-Men stuff? Mm. I, but you could get around that. That could be one of still... the grey areas, like Quicksilver. 
because yeah. Quicksilver both an Avenger and the mutant. Mm. You know, it's like the phalanx yeah, X Men enemy. Isn't the deal that X Men aren't allowed to make reference to his parentage or Scarlet Witch, and Marvel Cinematic Universe aren't allowed to mention, aren't allowed to use the word mutant, and aren't allowed to reference Magneto at all. Yeah, yeah. Like I think I think Fox can make reference to Magneto being his father, but they can't out and out say it. I can't honestly well, remember. It's hinted as yeah. in Future Past in a very kind of way. <laughs> in Days of Future Past, do they call him Peter or Quicksilver? I can't actually remember. Is he ever referred to yeah, as Quicksilver? He's not. I don't Russian version of Peter. He's just Peter. Isn't he's just he? Peter. Yeah. yeah, but they don't actually call him Quicksilver. I don't think. I don't do think so, no. Just I know a, I know a mm. guy who can help us out. He's called Peter. Sorry, just keep on the mouth thing very quickly. Of course, the Scarlet Witch appearing in the forthcoming Age of Ultron. Um, I would anticipate they're going for more of a Ultimates vibe, where it's more probability she alters rather than full-on magic. But that might be a nice way to weave in if we show that outright magic exists among humans, yeah, yeah. you could weave that, that sets the bar. Well, that sort of established the idea that all magic is, is potentially just sophisticated technology. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, well, with Stephen Strange, if you wanted to go down the route of nanotech or devices, like, you know, if you hint that the Eye of Agamotto and all the other things he gets are actually just very sophisticated oh, devices. Oh, my life, I can see it now. The Eye of Agamotto is um, the soul gem or something. <laughs> that could work. Yeah, you can just... By the hoary hosts of... Hogarath or whatever. Well, that's, that's something they speculated. Hairy for the longest time. I thought they were just like the. Apparently, I, I assumed it was a typo tube of a different word. <laughs> this is this is something they speculated that each of the Marvel films is going to feature one of the Infinity yeah. Stones, I'd which is then going to lead to Avengers three, where Thanos is the big bad. Because I, I imagine all of us, which would potentially the, then bring Guardians of the Galaxy into that. Or well. so what it sort of suggested that the Guardians of the Galaxy two won't have much of. Thanos yeah. sort of suggested sorry Jonathan no no because it's interesting you mentioned that because maybe we'll save that for um, yes. special discussion yeah, yeah. on film but um, I take it we all saw what later turned out to be a fake list of all Marvel movies for the next <laughs> yeah. which one because it was yeah. one that was plausible and then the one that was out now taking the place well, like, like, a black movie you know and, and like, all the things Marvel oh, movies yeah, yeah. get on a, 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 like a, a female led movie a black movie and then the very bottom was finally the Runaways movie and you were like what oh wait no <laughs> well the one I saw didn't have Captain Marvel on which I think they need to get on uh, but it had uh, Black Panther but it said Avengers 3 Civil War Civil War mm. and I was like part of me was like really they're not wrapping up the Infinity Gems thing there and I think the plan is to build it all up to Thanos being the big bad in yeah. Avengers 3 I mean I'm glad that was fake because it was kind of like it said that Guardians of the Galaxy 2 would be War of Kings Yeah, and it annoyed me that all the movie titles while they're not going to be direct remakes were all of stories from like the last five years Yeah, and I was and like oh, that's the number of people who have to been sucked in by that list mm. no. I thought I, for about a day I was I was like wow that, that's surprising I was kind of shocked, but I'm glad it was fake because I'd like to think they've, they've got a, they know what they're doing. But. Straying away quickly, I'm not sure I'm doing the time, but um, straying quickly away from Marvel and DC, of course we have that Spawn movie. Um, <laughs> Don't and there's been recent talk about doing a new Spawn movie, and I keep looking at some of the other things that Image have. Image are doing so well through Skybound and Walking Dead on TV, and their stock is so high in terms of comics. I mean, I've joked a few times, Sex Criminals is such a fantastic comic, but it's also one of those things that could never get, like, a development budget for TV. Yeah. You just wouldn't have that. But when it arrives fully formed as a visual calling card, you almost want HBO to go, this 
is will be the next thing mm-hmm. adapted that will jump out. And um, so the Powers TV series has been cast. I was some of it, actually, and that's being done through PlayStation. Bizarrely, well, I think Sony are launching a kind of streaming video. Mm-hmm. I think everybody's launching. Well, because Microsoft have their Halo one, and Yahoo's and doing. Community as well, and community, and uh, and Sony have put some. I think there are two projects they've got, on, but the one that seems to really stand out to me is, as I say, Brian Michael Bendis' powers with um, Michael Avenomin, and yeah, Shalito Copley. Or I could be massively mispronouncing his name, but the that guy's been cast just in the last twenty four. Powers is one I never read, but that's obviously what made his name, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. well, what helped him jump from being the guy that did really scratchy black and white? Sorry, Brian, but you know, Joe Q was right. <laughs> Did you hear about the story about Brian just quickly about Bendis being hired by Marvel? They call I, him in and like, what? Cool, what would you like me to draw? Like, no, we do not want you to draw for us. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I've heard that one at least. Just, just quickly then before we move on, the other big profile film that nearly was was the Jack Black Green Lantern. If we all remember that, briefly. That, that just feels like that episode of Duck Dodgers. Yes, like where, Not where Kevin Smith is Green Lantern, <laughs> where he gets like the wrong costume back from the yeah, dark and has a Green Lantern ring in his pocket. That just feels like that bought to the big. Screen. Well, I think that's what they were because he was going to create Looney Tunes type characters with his power ring. Right. I mean, you could argue that it couldn't have been any worse than the Ryan Reynolds movie. <laughs> that, you know what, that Ryan Reynolds movie, there is something to it that isn't to me entirely awful. It is ultimately awful. Yeah. But I think it's because it suffers from that classic mistake in superhero films to try to put too much out. We didn't need Parallax and Hector Hector Hammond. I could have just had a hint of Parallax. Well, Hector Hammond was just wasted. Uh, Yeah, exactly. And I could have just completely pointless having Hector Hammond in it at all. He wasn't even a proper villain. He was a Weasley henchman at best. I quite like that that line where Ryan Reynolds is like, right, let's get these these pads off. I've got some planes. And you're like, that's awesome. That's a young... Because the way they pitched the trailer was very much like, this is going to be DC's Iron Man. Yeah. They had that sort of tone going within the trailer with the whole, you know, let's get these pants off and go fly a plane and the bit where he does the thing and the suit appears. He's like, right! And that was all very cool and I was actually really excited about the film. And it has... Because I'm a big Green Lantern fan. So I'm like, first time I watched the film at the cinema, I don't know whether it's because I built myself so much up for it, I actually quite enjoyed it. I did. I'm not going to rewatch it and show it to, to Ray. She didn't hate it, but I'm going. I'm wincing at things that I sucked, was sucked along with at the cinema. I what I really liked about it was um, they found a solution to the internal logic flaw at the heart of Green Lantern, which Alan Moore pointed out. If mm-hmm. and of course it came later. Later on, they added the idea that the rings could allow you to fly through space. But if that's the case, why does Abin Sir need a spaceship? To start with, and Alan Moore adds the idea that Adam Sir becomes scared of flying because he's been told by some demon But of course, in, in the, the movie, they went for the idea that Adam Sir had been evacuating people from a planet devastated by Parallax. Yeah. And then it's Parallax attacks again, and, um, you know, he uh, sends a distress call to Sinestro, and, you know, launches I, I, I really like that as a kind of. Yes, you may have the ring, you may be able to fly through space. But you can't trust the power of the ring to evacuate all these people from the planet. So, mm. you know, you do have spaceships for those reasons, prison transport. Whatever. I just really like that as a very simple, straightforward. And I don't think the film gets enough 
credit for a little bit of additional internal logic. Yeah. Mainly because it then bins all sense of internal logic later with some ridiculous concepts. I think. It's but, I mean, the costume was wrong. I get what they were trying to do with the costume, but it just didn't work. Didn't People work. weren't going to accept that as a co- no. as the costume. I think its biggest problem, and it's the problem with the Warner Brothers DC movies, is it's just a little bit too po-faced for its own good. Yeah. There's no being like you know we're space police. This is ridiculous. Let's have a little bit of fun with it. Well, there should have been more fun. With it. I, I almost wish they'd <laughs> save Oa and save themselves the budget. Hold over back and have it just be on enough with Sinestro and him, so that initially Sinestro remains entirely the edgier hero. Yeah. And then you can fall in from grace or reveal the dark secret, you know, the heart of the Sinestro story later. Yeah, because they rushed the whole Sinestro thing at the ending as well with the little credits, the yellow ring. The yellow ring. Because there was no build up of that, because in the comics it's that Hal finds out that he's ruling his planet, you know, corruptly and with an iron fist and it's ruthless. And that's them. What? Well, this is it. I would have quite happily seen the second movie. Like at the end of the first movie, they're like, "Well done, you saved the day." Now you have to come to Oa for training. And then, if it had been successful enough, second movie training on Oa, and then right now you have to go yeah, space to it. to uh, yeah exactly yeah, go you, to Sinestro's yeah. planet and basically shadow him for a while. At which point he discovers, oh heck, you know. Yeah. Meanwhile, Sinestro has been contacted by Parallax or whatever it offered you know you mm. think you can dominate Sinestro's corrupted by power isn't it yeah. exactly I think the interesting thing and I've noticed it more and more now when I find when I watch something which I, I, I think or I read or see something and I think that doesn't work I find more and more it comes down to the script or the story because yeah. I know you can have good but you, actors are varying degrees but if the words they're saying or their actions don't make any sense and I think the interesting thing about the Green Lantern thing is a confusion of their message, a confusion of their theme. Ryan Reynolds is working his ass off in that. Same yeah, as I, I, like Deadpool I think he would have been great as Deadpool. I think he was great as a younger Hal Jordan. And I think that's the other thing some people are still struggling to get to grips with is that you know DC have aged down Hal Jordan a couple of times now between yeah. Rebirth yeah. and then the New 52. And that is, to me, what a younger Hal Jordan would be like. Yeah. Not necessarily the comics you read in the 70s, 80s, 90s. Well, yeah. no, it wasn't in the 90s, in the 70s, 80s. You know, yeah, you know. Well, he's in the 90s up until as, as, um, Superman's return because it's Mogul, uh, Mongol wiping out Coast City, Mo- uh, Mongol and the Cyborg wipe out Coast City. Then when you've got all the stuff of Parallax and the Sun Eater and things, and yeah, which they brought in afterwards. Yeah. As you know, that's what was corrupting Hal Jordan. He becomes Parallax himself, doesn't he? And yeah. Before they later did the retcons and things, and the, the whole he then has a moment of, of you know being back as true self to reignite the sun and all the other craziness uh, the thing I really like quickly and this ties back in with um, Lois and Clark is I've mentioned before how much I love the Tempest bit of you know the thing they say yeah. about Lois Lane in the future is how dumb was she and he does the Clark Kent Superman yeah. thing with the glasses it's that bit where he lands with the domino mask and Carol's like how? I'm like thank you she's immediately like the domino mask she think not, I wouldn't recognise you because yeah, you have your cheekbones <laughs> she's not a moron you know this is not one of those moments where she's a simpering woman in a, in a movie she is you know, a real person who was going to see through a domino mask. She was someone she grew up with. Female character to begin with, and then they yeah. kind of lose that in the film as well. But a little bit. She becomes ultimately the, the Hector Hammond's victim, yeah. sadly. But initially, and, and for a good chunk of the film, she's quite a strong character. But you, you actually make an ex- excellent point. Your, your idea of like, um, so I just think what you said about how like, the first one on Earth, the second one. They have saved themselves so much money as well. It's just utterly ridiculous. It's just like, why is it that we can see this, but someone who's paid a lot of money to write this script 
and 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 you see this a lot now in a lot of these movies. I, I get the feeling they have given a checklist of what they want to see, of what they've read, seen in the comics that they want to get on film. Yeah, okay, so you've got to have. Oh well, you've got to. And have, you've got yeah. this checklist. This is what you've got to do. This is your budget. You've got to do it on. That's why I this don't. Is the that's why I really don't like the new Spider-Man. <laughs> they've got to stop hiring people to do these uh, combo movies that are either one or the other they need to find people with a foot in both worlds so yeah. they don't this need to this is where the Marvel Cinematic Universe worked incredibly exactly. well because they've got people that love the characters Sweden. but are not so invested in the characters but they I can't mean, see how the problem if somebody like me or any fanboy made a comic book movie is we would literally take what is on the page and put it on the screen it needs to be and that would be boring it needs to be yeah. uh, it can't be impenetrable to new readers who don't know it but at the same time, it shouldn't be paint by numbers, which no, is the frustrating. This is what you worry about. What you don't want to do is stray so far away from your source material, which is where the Dark Knight Rises falls down. Yeah, because it strays so far away from what is Batman. That's that's yeah. Good as a good as a Christopher <coughs> Nolan movie, but I very much. Well, Nolan's it. always said he's got no interest in Batman. Yeah. yeah, he's never approached the Batman movies as Batman movies. They've been cop movies that happen to have Batman in it. Mm-hmm. And that that worked for the first two, but then by the third one, he just completely lost touch with. Mm. I mean, person of interest is Brothers TV series is more Batman. Than yeah, Batman but I, mean, I, I still think that um, <coughs> the third Batman film that we got is not the third Batman film he had envisioned. I get the feeling that because he just changed everything. I also get the feeling for Robin Williams to be so com- pick it in so hard to be Hugo Strange that there is a version out there where Hugo Strange was in it. Well, the rumour for the longest time was that Johnny Depp was going to be the Riddler in it. Ah, uh, yeah. I think mean, that was... And it was going to be like movie. a kind of... I yeah, because the initial yeah. thing was going to be that the Riddler was behind everything, but then everybody hated that because it completely undermined everything Heath Ledger had done. Well, my understanding was, like, again, this you know, rumours and everything, but <coughs> I thought the third movie was going to be more... It's not eight years later. It's now... Batman is still being Batman, but police are actively yeah, acting. It was a yeah. Yeah. Was like year one. Edward Nigma is a consultant who comes in That's to help catch. Heard. Similar, Hugo Strange would work very well in that similar <laughs> scenario. Brought in to profile him. Yeah. Bringing a mini villain as in well. Fact, bringing, in fact, that would have probably been great. Those two as sort of the mm. two villains. It just went way too big. Like, like I said in the last podcast, my issue with it is that it means that Batman had no career. Yeah. He was yeah. essentially around for six months to a year at most before he retired for eight yeah. years to come back for a couple of weeks because after the events of Batman Begins he immediately starts tracking the Joker yeah I'd, I'd say Batman Begins to the Dark Knight is about six months at best they clean up all the mob all the organised crime yeah, not just where you've got the, uh, the imitators you know quite still. which I think they yeah. should have saved if they were going to do Rises eight years later then that's when they should have brought in the Batman mm. oh that's an interesting point Yeah. what makes you so different from me I know we're an occupied I know we're an occupied <laughs> it's, it's still the list isn't <laughs> it <moment. laughs> Let's let's start wrapping it up quickly because we've got a couple of listeners' questions as well. Firstly, just quickly, I would like me a listener's question. I would like to throw out there who we would like to have seen playing superheroes, either past, present, or future. So like. Alec Baldwin as Batman, for cool. example. Yeah. Or Katie Sackhoff, Captain Marvel. Oh, Come on. It just, yeah. it, like, Marvel yeah. keeps saying they're not going to do it. And, I, and Katie Sackhoff is like, no, no one's approached me. Sort it out. Even She's not a movie. Chuck it on Netflix or something. Oh, oh, God. Throw it into the Avengers TV series. I mean, she's not an act... No disrespect to Katie Sackhoff at all, but she's not an actress that's above doing TV. No. Get it in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, I mean, at least... Because Agent Carter is going to be female-led, and obviously you've got the wonderful... 
uh, alias material being adapted into AKA Jessica Jones or whatever they're going to yeah. call it in the end can't wait for that because that is one of my favourite uh, female characters in Marvel but they do need to do something about the gender imbalance in Marvel because they just start to look more and more patriarchally ridiculous you know I'd like to see Terry Crews as Luke Cage as well. I know he's been picketing hard to be Luke Cage. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, there's lots of actors I would have liked to have seen as Batman over the years. It's weird, isn't it? Like, I know uh, we used... uh, I don't quite have a role in mind for him, but I've always liked Sam Rockwell. And I know he he was um, Hammer in Iron Man 2, which, you know... And the hysterical... All Hail to the King or All Hail the King whatever it is Marvel one shot have you seen that? No I haven't no it's on the uh, Iron Man 3 disc isn't it? Minor spoiler that he's in it but yeah As, as Hammer It's just yeah. Ben Kingsley in prison Oh it. really? Yeah yeah it's, it's more <laughs> Trevor Trevor Slattery and then it goes from there oh it's fantastic okay. But no it's, it's, I'd always feel like he he could have carried a bigger role somewhere um, I, I don't know where um but things like I, I, I'm a, well, I love Moon is such a tour de force. Yeah, that. like if you don't think Sam Rockwell's a good actor, you watch Moon in some way. He'd be good as done. somebody like the Question. Yes. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Actually, yeah, Sam Rockwell applied to DC sort of films. Yeah, but it's weird because I, I, I mean, Marvel movies. I love Ant Man. I, I, I've always have. He's always been one of my favorite characters. Um, I'm not entirely sure about Paul Rudd. Is it still Paul Rudd? Or I've been completely. He, don't forget, he's Scott Lang. And yeah, um, so not yeah. Which I quite like, and what I do I, also quite like is that Marvel have a certain amount of built-in redundancy. This doesn't work. There's always the third Ant-Man to bring uh, in. Right? Eric the, the Ant-Man. Bring in Eric Lang. Yeah, and you know, Marvel have never really steered us wrong with casting. As ridiculous as any of their casting has sound, it's all paid off in the end. Yeah. I think I can't think of any Marvel thing where I thought it was miscast. The yeah. idea of Michael Douglas as an old, slightly washed-up Hank Pym is exciting to me. Yeah, I can maybe link that mm-hmm. to Shield, uh, the founding of Shield, perhaps. Like maybe if they went for a couple of decades, he might have been yeah. involved. I, I just love Ant-Man as a character, and uh, but thinking like Strange, like if you know those rumours that Johnny Depp might be playing Strange, I think he would overpower yeah. the cast in a way. Well, I don't feel Johnny Depp is doing much more than just playing Johnny Depp now. I, yeah, I, I, I would wholeheartedly agree with that. I like the idea of Matthew Medina. I like the idea of an older actor playing there's all Stephen these, Strange. There's always, yeah. um, I mean, it's a good way, like these workmanly actors who are putting out solid performances and they're always elevating... This, you know, get, get well, someone to be fair, you think many of the Marvel movies, not one of them's got a massive name as any of their temple characters no Robert Downey Jr. wasn't a massive name no, when no. he was cast as Iron Man Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk isn't a massive name Chris Evans as Captain America mm. Chris Hemsworth as Thor apart from this thing as Kirk's dad in Star Trek yeah and yeah. anybody who'd watched Home and Away on Cabin Fever but Cabin Fever came, came out even though it had been filmed before yeah. the MGM um, legal issues oh, the biggest name is Samuel Jackson <laughs> yeah, and yeah, he's not a massive name yeah. Well, I mean, well, I mean he's, he's, he's got a major. Cult, yeah, but he's not cult following. But he's not really. Yeah, ever he wouldn't open a movie. People wouldn't go and see a movie just because it's got Samuel L. Jackson in it. It wouldn't. That there's is, nobody that would give you a hundred million opening weekend. No, that is a weird. That's a weird bit of art imitating life because the whole point is they redesigned Nick Fury in the Ultimates to look like Samuel L. Jackson. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so Samuel L. Jackson, yeah. it's a role made for him. In, in well, it was all because of Shaft, wasn't it? Just uh, uh, that uh, Nick Fury was based on Sam Jackson in Shaft, and then. Oh, I guess so. Yeah. So Marvel got back recently. Ghost Rider. Well, obviously, we know about Daredevil, Punisher, Punisher, and a few others. I can't. The other day, um, I can't remember what it was. I've still not seen any True Detective, but I was watching the trailer for Interstellar and just going. Well, I quite like the more subtle thinking man's Punisher that's 
been sort of done a few times. I, I think, think Matthew McConaughey. I think he could, but I also think that maybe the ship has sailed for those. Oh, we'll never get Tom Jane back. So he's forever Matthew, yeah, Matthew McConaughey as the Punisher, I think, would be fantastic. Personally, no, I, 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 I agree with you. But mm. Is there anything you, anybody you'd like? Well, to I was thinking earlier, if Iron Man was made in the eighties, Tom Selleck. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yes, sold. Tom Selleck, yeah. With one, um, Higgins as uh, Rhodey. One I will throw there. Because um, somebody asked me a while ago, because obviously everybody knows that I hate Man of Steel, and somebody asked me who I would have cast, who I would have cast, who, who I'd like to see play Superman, and I thought about it. Wait, hold the phone. And I put it out there on Facebook. I would Steve like Kane's best film. I would like. To see <laughs> it, Man of Steel's worth it for that. Um, uh, Alex, what's his name? The American talk show host, where he says about. What? No, uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. Where he says about they're making a new Superman movie and then a guy stands up in the audience and it's Dean Cain. He's like, shit, Jimmy, I've got to go. And he's like, why? He's like, they're making a new Superman movie. They're going to need me. He's <laughs> like, no, no, no Dean, Dean, it's, it's a different Superman. So, so they won't need me? And he's like, got his shirt ripped off from the suit. But um, no, I, I would genuinely really like to see Chris Pratt as Superman. I know now that he's Star-Lord. Have you seen the photoshopped Chris Pratt's Indiana Jones photo that's going around? Oh, is this because of the Jurassic World pictures? And the yeah, it looks like Indiana Jones. I, I love Chris Pratt, but there's only one Indiana Jones. I don't like... Uh, I don't want to see another Indiana Jones 4. No, no, I don't want to see any more Indiana Jones. I want Indiana Jones to be left the fuck alone. No, they just won't, though, will they? And if they're going to reboot it, reboot it with someone that would be awesome in it. Oh, let's get Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> He's awesome. What <laughs> I will set you on fire. <laughs> I'll let you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make you watch that movie then I'll set you on fire well I will just climb into this fridge and then I'll be fine <laughs> I, I uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls I both tolerated it and hated it at the same time I was partly glad that I had Indiana Jones back on the screen the trouble is is Last Crusade has such a nice ending mm. that just yeah. ends it no that and it's beautiful and no, it's perfect they so ride why, into the sunset why did, there was no need there was no need, there was no need to don't listen to fans that are like oh no we want more Indiana Jones because they wanted more Star Wars and they want fucking I'm, I'm happy with my four Indiana Jones stories you have you know the Indiana Jones films that we all know and love and the and Indiana Jones Chronicles and then there's the Fate of Atlantis commuter game <laughs> you know job done that's, that's a movie in and of itself I want to see the Frank Lucas because apparently it's superb really for Indy 4 but um, yeah, I I think Chris Pratt could do super. I think he's got that, and I think Guardians of the Galaxy has proved that he's got that screen charisma mm. that is needed. And you know, he would bring a Superman to the screen that is representative of the Superman in the comics. You see, I'm trying to think of All Star Superman. If there was, if there's any actor who could possibly capture that Superman, or the Superman for all seasons, just a giant thumb. <laughs> I just think like um, we we've seen like a young Superman kind of. Kind of youngish, but a bit more mean-looking. Man of Steel, Superman. Um, there's he's always he's getting younger. Like uh, who was um, Superman Returns? Who was that? Brandon Routh. Brandon Routh. Yeah, he's a youngish-looking Superman. The problem for Brandon Routh was that he was hampered with being Christopher Reeve. He had to play Christopher Reeve yeah. as Superman. I, I think Brandon. I mean, I'm really glad they brought him in to Arrow. Arrows of the Atom. I forget which one he's in though. Arrow. Is yeah, he, he takes over Queen Consolidated, doesn't he? Oh, okay. but, but, um, um, but yeah, I just think that he was brilliant in Superman Returns. I would have liked to have seen them use that as his 
training ground and then brought him in on Man of Steel. That, yeah. You know, pretty capital, whatever. <laughs> but in like yeah. the new 52, uh, DC's current thing is to make Superman young and edgy again and kind of like a bit. Yeah, I've got the yeah. the new Superman. Yeah, no, well, I mean, <laughs> but like my favourite incarnation of, Su- of Superman is All Star Superman, in which he is this. Uh, Frank quietly draws him in, in a way where he's. He's got a big chin, you know. Yeah, he's he, very Samson for the one day. Yeah, he's this big, and the fact that strong. He's undertaking sort of almost twelve trials before he dies. You know, is, is but he, he's got, I'm, I'm the Superman of the nineties, the eighties, nineties. So the John Byrne Superman, Jerry Ordway Superman, so, so Nick Cage. Yeah, but that that's my Full Superman. Circle. But you know, it's it's the Superman you connect with, isn't it? That is your Superman. Yeah, I'm so. just thinking. I'm, I'm trying to think of an actor could possibly capture. Like the old star Superman, like who I think is the best Superman. Because he got, personally, anyway, because he, he got the compassion, he got the kind of strength, the quiet well, strength without being a bully. Right, rather than going him. for the perfect Superman, let's go to Andrew Stevens' question, which was: uh, Nick Cage was once in line to play Andrew Superman. Stevens. Andrew Stevens, Andrew he Stevens. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nick Cage was once in line to play Superman, but can we think of anybody worse to play everyone's favorite Kryptonian? Jack Black, easy. Sword. <laughs> Any fat guy. The unconventional super. Me! <laughs> um, there, was, there was a time where they were rumoured to be developing a Superman with Will Smith in line to play him. I think that would have been horrible. Nothing against, nothing against, against Will Smith. Well, this, um, this present Calvin, whatever it is from the recent action comics one, the black Superman and that. Cal Kent. He would have been fantastic. I mean, that, uh, Will Smith yeah, would have been I'm not familiar with that Superman. It's, but I, I mean, they're um, talking about... Uh, it's basically Superman as Barack Obama. He's Superman, okay, yeah. he's black, and he's president. He's also the US nice. president. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, cool. But then, yeah, Will Smith, perfect. Um, yeah, um, worse casting, I don't know, like Charlie's the Chris Tucker. Or something like that. <laughs> 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 Let's you crazy! Oh my god. <laughs> um, Will Ferrell, <laughs> yeah. as Superman. Actually, no. Henry um, Cavill. I'd love to see that, actually. Will, Will Ferrell. <laughs> I've just worked my way through the cast of Anchorman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, then let, let's go. Superman by way of brick. brick let's, let's, let's go on to Dave Gordon's question because we've run out of time. So it's uh, What common property would you hope to all help studios never touch or even mention in their movie films? Oh, I saw this. Yeah, yeah. Sandman. Oh, yeah. Mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my thing tonight, but. Yeah, yeah no. Away from, I'm sorry, I know that it's um, not a terrible person attached with. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really respect him, but, but no, I think Salman is too dense. I don't want to sound like Alan Moore. I do believe that adaptations can be a lot of fun, but there are certain things that are unique to the medium they were originally presented, and I think Salman is one of them. I have not even really particularly enjoyed some of the Salman prose work Neil Gaiman has done. Like he did a series of uh, like a graphic novel sized prose book that was kind of like a picture and prose and yep. picture and prose, and I thought that was quite dull. And um, you know. Not to sound like oh, I can only read comics, but you know it was it was dull. Uh, Saman is is rich because of being able to fuse fantasy, literature, history over like seventy. Saman's one of those characters that I just don't see how you could do it on the screen properly. Well, there, there's that script where they tried, 
Yeah, it was, it, it was horrible. It was like a serial killer. It was like a, dream, uh, a dream-based serial killer. It's like killer. a good TV series for Preacher, where Preacher is not a road movie, but a road TV series, in mm. my mind, I can see. So I'm absolutely so terrified. To heaven. <laughs> was that, I... Okay, that's terrifying. That's just replaced on a fish-burning global hypercolor for tonight's nightmare. But um, no, I think just... Uh, I don't know. Preacher, I think, could work, as much as I'm terrified about the adaptation that we've got in the works um, but Saman just I think leave alone well talking about like movies you don't want to see um, I'm a big Grant Morrison fan but I never want to see an Invisibles movie <laughs> I think I, like, there's, only because there's not enough mind bleeps in the world right? yeah like there's uh, again and I think it comes down to Sandman like both both were both flourished because of the comics medium and I think trying to this, uh, get a two-hour cohesive movie out of Sandman would be hard enough, but Invisibles, which is an exercise in complete every tangent imaginable and just madness. It, it's beautiful on the page because it's a glorious mess. It's like a White Album. It would never work. It tried to yeah. It. yeah, you couldn't make a coherent movie out of that. For me, because I just love it and hold it so dear to my heart, I don't ever want to see a Zack Snyder DC comp now. <laughs> um, I don't ever. So if we're going to go for the pithy comedy answer, I should just go a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie made by Michael Bay. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I went there. I don't ever want to see a Strangers in Paradise movie. I love Strangers in Paradise. It works so well on the page. For what I don't see how you could do it as a movie. And yet, I'd like to see Terry Moore get a shed load of money. I would like. Yeah, I, I feel bad for saying it. Cause do you know what? I would happily see a Strangers in Paradise TV series. If it's HBO. HBO. Or, or um, AMC. Would, yeah, or even maybe Showtime. Yeah. If they pull their socks up a bit. We're talking about like TV. TV series is the old thing. Actually, do you know what? Strangers in Paradise done by the Beeb <laughs> would be beautiful. Yeah. I, I mean, know. I just, I love the comic so much. I mean, I feel bad for Terry Moore because he's become close several times to it being developed into another medium. It's never gone. I mean, he's had it with Echo as well. But he writes long form. This is the thing he writes: beautiful long form. That's a slow burn. It's why. It but there's is, issues of Strange Paradise that aren't even comics. They're just a yeah. full. They're either poems or they're just a whole written story. Because it, it was hard to sell people on Rachel Rising in the early days. It works better in trade. Yeah, I personally feel. Um, and similar with like the complete Echo looks like it's going to be a beautiful purchase. Yeah, the two tombs of. of um, Strangers in Paradise that we have. I want that so like, badly, but I already have the books about three times. As well. And I think that's the same thing that we, you know, I, I think everything that he does, if anything, someone should just sign a development deal where we go for the next decade, we're going to keep making TV series. It would be a fantastic TV series, but if you're going to do the TV series, you have to commit that you are going to do the entire run. Oh, fuck yeah, definitely. Just you, you, can't, you can't be like, we'll do a pilot and see how it goes, we'll do a series and see how it goes. So, guys, I'm just going to chip in there because I'm wary of the time. Andy, what was your answer to the question? Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I got two, actually. Um, That feels like the Guns of the Galaxy podcast just drags. I'm sorry. I wouldn't want to say it. It's already been been done as a movie and it's also a comic book, but I don't want him to do it again because of the original movie, and that would be The Crow. Uh, no. yeah. Yeah. because you know exactly but I mean you can't get, get anywhere close to the first one but also and I'll say it because Stuart will probably say it in a minute anyway but I wouldn't really want to see a bone movie either I was going to say I don't want yeah. to see a bone movie how about an animated 
No, I, I think there's too much in that. Okay. Personally. I wasn't there rumours of a, of a bone movie, an animated one? Because oh, yeah. there was no, there was a rumour of a bone cartoon TV series. Because well. yeah. when Spawn was developed into a TV series, they were also going to develop a Strange and Paradise cartoon. Okay. At the time, I'm sure I might be wrong, but I'm sure there was a bone cartoon in development as well. I might be wrong. Video game. Yes, I saw. Which looked very good. I just think Bone's one of those things that it works so well on the page that it just won't translate. I don't. I mean. I'd love to be pleasantly surprised by any of the ones we've said we wouldn't want to see. Mm. Even a Michael Bay Turtles film, which apparently is dreadful. There was a question a few episodes back. Well, I, think, I think we should all go and watch... I think we should... Why do they have lips? <laughs> I think we should all have to go and watch the Turtles movie, and then we'll podcast on it. It'll just be like an hour of us weeping. Is that our homework? I bought a couple of the figures of the Turtles movie once. As toys, they're awesome. If you'd like us to beat you around the head with them, we can uh, <laughs> we can simulate the movie experience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so one final thing. Uh, well, yeah, we have a few Megan Fox gratuitous bending over. <laughs> a, fail. <laughs> a few episodes back, someone asked, what movie would you like to see made? And I didn't have an answer. And I thought on its things. And I would just like to say quickly, I'd love to see an authority action movie nice. because then you could make the most violent no regard for human life kind of one one other that we discussed earlier actually is Sleeper I wouldn't want to see Sleeper as a movie no <coughs> not the Woody Allen film Sleeper the Sean Phillips Ed Bur- Brubaker yeah. similarly nervous about the, the idea of Why the Last Man being made into a movie because that's yeah. That, that's yeah. been in development for so long now. Well, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, um, it was the DJ Caruso, wasn't it? The director of Disturbia. Conversely, what I'd love to see made into a movie or a trilogy of movies is the Lock and Key series. I was going to say that or a TV series. Well, they, they, they did a pilot. Yeah. Which looked beautiful, but it was Fox, so of course they didn't do anything with it. <laughs> they shot it out of I think Lock and Key, if you think about where it's six volumes, breaks down into one, two, one film, three and four, another film, five and six. Yes, some abridging, obviously, mm-hmm. but I think you could have some really... Because actually, the quite dark moments we get to in 3 and 4 with Dodge are perfect for that downbeat second film. And even the Joss Whedon's talking about Avengers 2 is having a downbeat ending. It's the, the, the mid part of the trilogy. It's the Empire. Because it almost gives you you know a chance to then bring in some fresh hero blood. Yeah. You know, actually, so yeah, laid yeah. waste to the Avengers at the end of 2. So, so I was just thinking know. like a really... Joss Whedon doesn't like killing off characters. <laughs> You're crazy. Well, we know it can't be Thor or Captain America so they've got the third films to come. It's an opening of an extended close-up of Tony Stark's bare feet. And my my other half rate has still not forgiven him for Wash. So, oh, yeah, that. that's yeah. yeah, still pissed. Still on pissed. the wind. And on that bombshell. Hey, you're dressed as Wash, aren't you? I am Wash. Curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. Um. Like, yes. I feel like everybody's staring at me. Um, yeah, Captain. that's, that's Captain. it for this one. Um, there'll be a Guardians of the Galaxy spoiler special coming up. So, um, if you've not seen Guardians of the Galaxy, don't listen to that one. If you have, listen to it. Um, obviously find Ben in Proud Lion John Locke's got Afterlife Inc you can find him online just search in John Locke www.johnlocke.com there we go you've uh, made that far too difficult John I can't be bothered we're online with the True Believers Comic Festival at oktruebelievers.com where you can buy your tickets please buy your tickets tickets on sale hot show come see John Locke <laughs> he's got big things going on there <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> three pm, five pm, and again at eleven pm. <laughs> top men, top men, and and Andy's bomb and he has bitch tits. I guess. <laughs> uh, cool. Thank you for listening, and we will see you soon. Bye.